Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I appreciate you being here. This is session 102 of the MLMSuccess.com podcast. You can listen online if you need to. MLMSuccess.com at any time. All the podcast previous episodes are there and some other uh, articles and resources for you. We're really going to work on expanding that uh, information on that site uh, over the next few months. But we appreciate you be, being here. And this week, I just want to share with you a story um, that I, I hope will speak to some of you. Uh, last week was pretty intense. We talked about shattering mediocrity and guys I, I will refer a lot of people to that podcast over the next uh many years as i hope you will as well because last week I, I mean we really really that's the whole thing you know so many times we're worried about the different hack and funnel and shortcuts and what's everybody else doing that i don't know about and you know it just is what it is there's reasons people fail there's reasons people succeed uh, most people have the the mentality of first i don't succeed fix the blame quick and that's because they join this profession and they try to do it with the skill sets and mindsets they enter the industry with. And only about three percent of the population has a chance of even getting anything off the ground because they don't have most people don't have the transferable skill sets, mindsets, credibility, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this week, the, the name of this podcast, and this is going to be kind of. I'm going to kind of go in a totally different direction than I normally would, but I hope you get some value from it. The name of this podcast is called Ray Rochelle. Ray Rochelle, name of a, a, a gentleman. And uh, I just want to share his story with you, my story with, with Ray. And um, this was my second network marketing company that I got involved with. And uh, many of you know that was National Safety Associates. And I actually saw it in 1988. And, um, you know, it's like I came so close to getting started then. And But I was so, you know, at the time I was involved in more traditional direct sales, selling uh, health insurance product to self-employed people and traveling the state of Kentucky. And I didn't like being away so long, so much from my family. I was gone, you know, two or three nights a week normally. But I was making really good money, but I was just looking for something different. And me and another guy uh, were looking, you know, so we controlled our, our own schedule. And we would usually, um, you know, I would usually leave town on Sunday night and be back on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. And then what we were doing is we were going on interviews looking for some other you know, opportunity, me and this other gentleman, you know, it's that Brad was his name, Brad and I, and we, we would, we, we did that. And, you know, where did you go? Where did I go? And we were both looking for something. 
And, um, you know, we were, we were working with a group of about probably 14, 15 agents at the time. So every Saturday we would turn in our business and, and, uh, for the week. And, you know, we'd, we'd have a little short meeting and Brad and I would talk. And, you know, I looked at selling Craftmatic adjustable beds and Life Alert and on and on and on and on and on. We were both looking and we couldn't find anything, you know, anything that hadn't re- remotely the possibility that we had uh, with the with the health insurance business. And one one day we we um, were turning in our business and he was fired up. He said, I can't wait to talk to you. And he was just coming out of his tree, fired up. His dad had taken him to a NSA meeting, and he was just fired up and excited. And I said, look, Brad, I said, I was involved in network marketing for five years. Uh, You know, I will never be in a situation ever again where my income is dependent upon anybody except me. And I said, I absolutely have no, no uh, interest at all at ever building any kind of team again if I can't hire them and if I can't fire them. And if I can't fire them, then I, that's not going to be for me. And I just really kind of just puked all over him, excuse the language, but I did. And, you know, I just totally deflated his, his balloon. I just popped his bubble. And I, I liked him. He was a good guy, you know, but it was just like, you know, I've been down that road. I'm not even going to take a look. I don't care. I saw that thing two years ago. So it wasn't uh, six months later. And keep in mind, we were sending out resumes. Him and I both had a resume. We were sending them out. We were going on interviews and we were looking for something, you know, just trying to, to get off the road. And I had this guy call me and, and, uh, you know, he, 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 I didn't understand at the time, you know, who I was talking to, but this guy, he was literally just a senile guy who'd been in the grocery business, made a lot of money, uh, found network marketing and NSA. And I'd send him a resume. Well, I didn't know what it was, you know, when I sent the resume. But this guy was just, you know, talk about ready, firing, blah, 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 blah. And on my resume, it had mentioned that I became the youngest uh, sales coordinator in the history of the Shackley Corporation and had built a team of over 10,000 distributors. And he just latched onto that and would not let go. He called. I said, look, I am not interested. I'm not going to build a team. And he literally, he would not stop calling. He would not stop calling. Just And and I look, Mr. Lentz, I appreciate you calling, but it's not for me. I'm not going to do it. But you got to come and look at blah, blah, blah. And he just wouldn't. I mean, every week he would call me. And it got to the point where it was almost scary. Like I would come home and, and my wife would say, that guy's kept calling. He's been calling all week, you know. So would you please, please get him to quit calling? He said he just calls all the time. So he called me that weekend 
And it just so happened that I was going to have some minor surgery done and I couldn't drive for a couple of days and I was going to take a, a week or so off. And he was telling me about this huge event that was getting ready to happen in Louisville, Kentucky and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And please come and please come and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, I will come if you promise me one thing. I'm going to come. I'm going to watch the dog and pony show. But you have to promise me that you will never call me again because my wife's getting, you know, she wants us to change her phone number because you keep calling here all the time. He said, I promise you, I promise you, you come, I promise you. And so I had the surgery and like two days before he's calling me and he's saying, Dale, are you going to, you know, I just want to remind you about it. Yes, I know. You've, you've called me four times reminding me about Saturday. And he said, and I said, you know, honestly, I'm waiting for the doctor to clear me to drive. And he said, I will send a car to pick you up, but you have to be here. And I said, no, I don't want you to send me the car. So long story short, uh, I went to this event and it was huge. There was like, you know, 2000 people there uh, from, you know, four or five hour driving distance. And they went through the whole opportunity and I thought it was cool. And I thought the product was cool way back when I'd seen it a couple of years before. And, and then they're going through everything. And, uh, I saw people walk across the stage and I did what everybody does. Everybody does this. I saw this person go across the stage and I said, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. Well, that person's really sharp. I, no wonder they, they made 32000 last month. I understand why they did. Well, yeah, he was a high school football coach, so that's why he did it. But I saw enough people walk across the stage, and I thought, well, if they can do it, I know I can do it. Uh, <laughs> there's one lady. She was about 70 years old, and she, I'll never forget this. She said, yes, I got involved, in, and I made $10,000 my first month in this program. And she said... I spent all of it on wine and men, and what I had left over, I spent frivolously. <laughs> and I thought I was going to come out and see. I'll never forget that. She was hilarious. But long story short, at that time, I had major debt. I, I owed the IRS a lot of debt. And when I looked at that program, I knew that the place to start was what they called a direct distributor, which was $5,000 to get started. And, uh, you know, I told my wife, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to see it. I'm going to come home and we'll never hear from this guy again, hopefully. And if he does call again, then we'll have our phone number changed. When that thing was over, it's like, I can do this. So we sit down at the Hyatt Regency in Louisville, Kentucky. I can pretty much show you where I was at. And I reached in my wallet and I had... 11, 12, 14 credit cards. And I said, I want to start at the direct distributor level. And my understanding is $5,000. And he said, yes. And I said, okay. I said, I don't have a credit card I can get $5,000 on. But I said, between the ones I have, we should be able to get enough on it. And he sat there and we were doing, I don't know how many credit cards it took, but I got 300 on that one, 700 on that one. And I ordered 40 water filtration units. And got started. And then when I'm driving home, I'm thinking, you know, it's not going to be too long and UPS is going to show up with 
these boxes of water filtration systems, what the heck am I going to tell my wife? And, you know, so the bottom line here is I went out as soon as they came in. I had all 40 of them within a week and a half sitting on people's sink, you know, turning the water yellow, talking about bottled water and tap water and just basic, you know, try it for a week. If you like it, great. If you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to unhook it and I'll take it home. And I knew if they made their coffee and their tea and their lemonade with it, that it they would tell a difference when you take the chlorine out. So the bottom line is my first month there, I made $10,000. I never, never made less. Uh, we stayed there for five years and we had the fastest growing organization in the company when we left. But to, to back up with my story in Ray Rochelle, in the insurance business, uh, the 14, 15 reps that we work with, you know, sales type people, good people, uh, you know, three or four of them joined me when we got started in National Safety Associates. But the, the most negative, negative person in that, in that agency was a guy named Herman. And I loved Herman. Herman's a good, you know, good hearted man, but he just could not get out of his own way. You know, his leads were bad this week. He had somebody that had him sold and then he found out they had diabetes. I mean, it was just negative, negative, negative. The kind of person when he leaves the room, the room lights up. So I talked to almost every agent that I work with and two or three of them joined us. Uh, you know, Brad was beyond upset with me. It's like, Dale, I showed you this six months ago and now you're, you know, and, and I, you know, but. I felt sorry for Brad, but he ended up joining me. <laughs> and, you know, the one person I was not going to talk to for sure was Herman because I just didn't want Herman on my team, honestly. I just didn't want to put up with that, the negativity. I just, he was too old for me to do anything with. You know, he wasn't going to change. And one of the guys that we enrolled ended up enrolling Herman, and I didn't even know it. I had no idea. And one night my phone rings. Hey, buddy, this is Herman. He lived down in uh, uh, s s southern Kentucky, uh, actually where Kentucky Fried Chicken was started in Corbin. And he said, you know, so-and-so got me involved in this thing, and I want to do it. And he said, you know, I want to do a meeting, but I don't want him to do it. I want you to come down here and do a meeting. He said, I've got the steakhouse room reserved at the back of the steakhouse and he said uh you know i'll have 20 30 people here and i need you to come down on thursday night and i said okay herman i'll be there so thursday i i you know get in my car i get my whiteboard everything all my product display everything loaded up i drive down to the steakhouse i get all the stuff in the steakhouse you know, get it all set up, my product display, my whiteboard, and, you know, we're going to start at 7. While I'm there, it's an hour and a half drive, and I get there probably at 6.30 or so, get everything set up. And, of course, you guys know at 5 till 7, nobody's there. 7 o'clock, nobody's there. 7.05, nobody's there. 7.10, nobody's there. 7.15, 
Uh, Herman and I sit there and we order steak dinners. I buy Herman a steak dinner. He tells me about all the woes going on in his life. Uh, I pack up all the stuff and I drive an hour and a half home. About two weeks later, he called me. Hey, buddy, this is Armin, blah, 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 blah. But I, they're all coming this week, blah, 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 blah. I need you to come one more time, and I promise you, and blah, 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 blah. And we got it Thursday night, you know, got the steakhouse again. It was, you know, we got the room reserved. So that Thursday, I got in my car. I packed everything up. I drove an hour and a half down there. You know, same thing. Five to seven, nobody. Seven oh five, nobody. Seven ten, nobody. Seven fifteen. Or Herman and I order our steak dinner. I sit there and listen to him complain and gripe uh, for about an hour. We eat our steak dinner. I load the car back up and I go back home. And I say I am never coming back here. Probably a month later, he calls me again. Dale. They had a revival, and they had this, and they had that, and this was going on, and the, the, the kids play at school that we didn't know about, blah, 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 blah. And if you come down, I got them all coming thirsty. And believe it or not, I got in the car and drove an hour and a half more, went down there. Herman and I are sitting there, got everything set up, unloaded. Herman watched me unload everything, by the way. <laughs> he watched me. <laughs> I got everything set up and, you know, five to seven, nobody, seven o'clock, nobody. At about two minutes after seven, this lady walks in and she's the only one that showed up. So I got my marker and I got on that whiteboard and I let it rip. I act like there was a thousand people in the crowd. I I got so loud that the manager of the steakhouse had to come back there twice and say, would you just tone it down a little bit? Could you tone it down a little bit? They're hearing you out here in the dining room. But I let it rip. And when it was over, this lady walked up to me and she said, if I understand everything right, I should probably get started at that direct distributor level, the $5,000 level. And she handed me a check, a signed check, and she said, order me what I need, and I'll be in touch. And I'm looking at Herman, and he, Herman's looking at me, and we're just, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I went home, and I ordered what she needed. And then Monday, we had an office in Lexington, Kentucky, which I did an overview there every Monday night. And I had mentioned that uh, to her. And Monday night, I look up, and she's showing up at the event. And Monday, she showed up. And I want to talk to her before, you know, when it's over. And I look up, and she's already left. Well, that was on a Monday. That Saturday, there was a regional event in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we all always carpooled up and we had, you know, eight, ten car, eight or ten carfuls of people. We went to, to Ohio and I'm sitting there in the auditorium for this regional event in Ohio. And I look up in the corner and this lady is at the door walking in. Now, I didn't even, you know, I could have told you her, her name, but we had no conversation at this point 
other than I told her I would order her product. She gave me a blank check. I ordered her product. She came to the meeting in Lexington, but I didn't get to say anything to her. And then she shows up in Cincinnati. Well, I walk over to her and I say, you know, glad you're here. You know, you could have come up with us. And she said, well, my sister lives up here and I just came up last night and spent the night with her. And that was the start of a relationship of this housewife from a little town in Kentucky who was looking for something to do because her only child had graduated high school, was going to college. And she was just looking for something to do. And the timing was right for her, which you guys have heard me talk about many times. It's about finding the right people at the right time in their life. And she went on and, uh, you know, became a quarter million dollar a year income earner. And I worked with for many, many years. Some of you know her name is Carol Ely. I think she's on one of these success story podcasts. But what does that have to do with Ray Rochelle? Herman, after Carol joined, he kept saying, he would call me and say, Ray Rochelle, Ray Rochelle, if I could get Ray Rochelle, if I could get Ray Rochelle, Ray Rochelle, Ray Rochelle, Ray Rochelle. And he, he just constantly. And finally I said, Herman, give me this guy's number. Because he lived in this little small town in Tennessee down below uh, Nashville. And he gave me his number, and I called the guy, and he seemed like a pretty sharp guy. And I said, look, I know Herman's bugging you to death. Uh, I said, but there's a regional event coming up in Nashville. It's like a couple of weeks, and I will meet you down there. And and if, we, if you can just show up and we can meet, I said, you sound like a guy I'd like to meet anyway. And I said, if we can just meet and we can go, then we can tell Herman, hey, you've seen it. I can tell Herman, hey, I've talked to him, and maybe he'll leave both of us along. And he, he started laughing. He said, that sounds like a plan. He said, I'll be there. So two weeks later, I meet him in Nashville. Never knew him, never seen him. But, you know, it's just me and him. I drove to Nashville just for that event. Now I did have other people that were supposed to be there that didn't show up, but this guy did. Ray Rochelle did. And Ray was an entrepreneur. He owned a few restaurants. He was involved in multiple businesses in this small town. And I can't remember the name of it right now, but in Tennessee, gosh, I'm getting old, man, getting old. This is a long time ago, but so he, he, he kind of had the same reaction that I had. He saw it and he said, oh, my gosh, you know, th- this is going this this has some real upside potential. And long story short, that night he got started with a direct distributed order of five thousand dollars because it was the best place to start. If you were an entrepreneur and if you were willing to take action and, you know, you had, you know, that's the best place to start. And he said, that's where I'm going to start. And I said, OK. And he said, can you come down and do a meeting for me? Next week, I said, I'll be down there. So I went down to his town, and in the back of the restaurant down there, the difference was he had, you know, 12, 14 people there, and seven or eight got started. And Ray Rochelle and I, that started uh, over the next six, seven months. I was going down there once, once a week, and sometimes two or three days, and we would have events and 
Tennessee, you know, Memphis, Louisiana, Mississippi. Very credible guy. Uh, real credible. Uh, and we got a lot going on. I mean, real quick. And he, you know, he got, you know, real quick leadership promotion. And we became real good friends because, you know, it was just a lot of car time together. And I learned a lot about him and his life and the ups and the downs and the sideways. And we became good friends. And, and, you know, he had told me, he said, Dale, pretty soon, you know, you aren't going to need to come down here every week. He said, I think I got this covered. And I said, well, I know you do. So he started doing part of the, 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 the presentation. And then he started, you know, the last couple of times he did the whole thing. And I was just there to kind of support. And we were really good friends. And, and we had one final event that we were going to do or I was coming down for. And because uh, he was rolling and we had people that, you know, we were getting started that were doing really good. And it was rolling. He, he had a fast growing organization. And at the time, I was in the middle of qualifications for the top rank in that company, which was called National Marketing Director. And I was spending a lot of time and energy with him because he had the work ethic and the drive and the focus and the determination to make it happen. And I had people at our other offices. We had offices in Lexington, Louisville, Owensboro, Kentucky, Evansville, Indiana, other Huntington, West Virginia, that people that could operate them, you know, that could run those meetings and knew what they were doing because they've been with me, some of them, for a long time. So they were at a point of delegation. As many of you have heard me talk about, when you bring somebody in, you direct coach, support, and the ultimate goal is to get them to the point of delegation. You throw the ball, they throw it back. You throw the ball, they throw it back. And if they quit throwing the ball, you go find somebody else to play with because they're not going to be one of your three to five this year. And that's how you do this, guys. It's just so – it's how you do it. The biggest mistake people make is they spend way too much time with the wrong people, not enough time with the right people. So – Anyway, it was Wednesday. I was going to head down there on Thursday to Tennessee, and the phone rings. And and keep in mind, this guy's doing a lot of the volume, spending a lot of the time. You know, I'm I'm going to do a half a million dollars in six months to get this final top promotion in the company. And his, his, his daughter's on the phone, and she said, hey, Dale, this is, and she gave me her name. Emily, and she said, uh, you don't need to come down here this week. And I said, wow, what's going on? She said, Dad, last night was out on his porch, and somebody shot and killed him. I said, what did you say? She said, Dad was out on his porch last night, and somebody shot and killed him. He's dead, Dale. I can't even begin to tell you the emotions that went through me. Uh, because he had become a really close friend. You know, I really, I just like this guy. Now, all I really remember too much after that. It's not getting out of bed for two or three days. 
I was beyond depressed, just to the point of, I, I can't, there's very few times in my life when I can remember feeling like that, thankfully. And I'm just numb. And probably three days later or so, she called me back. And she said, Dale, she said, look, she said, there's a lot of people that are really concerned about you. Uh, so it was our, our team members, you know, my wife, you know, pretty much everybody that knew me and knew the, you know, the path that we were on and the time that we'd spent, uh, you know, and she said, there's a lot of people, Dale, that are really, really concerned about you. And she said, I just need to tell you this. And, and like, I never talked to her. I talked to her twice on the phone and I'd met her once or twice prior to that. And so it was really different coming from somebody that didn't know me well. But she said, look, she said, I just need to tell you that the last six months uh, that dad spent with you and, and working on this business, she said he was the happiest the most excited that I have ever seen him in my entire life. And she said, I'm sorry you couldn't come to the funeral, and I understand why. She said, but the promotion pin that he got, she said, we buried him. He, we, you know, we put that on his lapel pin. And she said, I talked about his last six months and the excitement that he had. And, and she said, she said, Dale, she said, there's a lot of people that are just really, really concerned. And she said, I want you to know one thing. She said, I realize you're in this run for this, the top position in the company. And, and, you know, that was a big part of that. But she said, Dale, if he would tell, if he could tell you one thing right now, my dad would tell you, don't you miss becoming a national marketing director. You make it happen. That's what he would that's what he would tell you, and you know that's what he would tell you. And I got out of bed, and I got back in the rhythm of it, got back to our events, started working with our people, and we walked across the stage and made the top position in that company right on time. Uh, the next year, we were in the top 10% of income earners in the company. President Advisory Council, and when I resigned, we had the fastest growing organization in that company. Now, why did I tell you all that? Two things. I've said this many times. It's never about who you know. It's always about who do they know. I would have never enrolled Herman. But Herman led me to two of the closest friends that I will ever have in my life. One person. Now, he never sponsored anybody else. Never really did anything with the business. He's passed away now. But he led me to two awesome people. You never know where the leaders are going to come from where the teachable people that are willing to take action, you never know where they're going to come from. 
You know, there's an old Southern saying that even a blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. So you never know. And when people are launching their business, it's never about who they are. It's about who do they know. That's why those of you that know that we teach the, you know, the launch process and the whole process in the launch is, you know, please take a look at my information. Please take a look at my website and tell me who you know that I should contact. It takes all the pressure off because really, really, the odds of the person you're communicating with being the one you're looking for is slim to none. But the odds of them knowing the right person is extremely high. And entrepreneurs know other entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs know people that are in between dreams. They're in between gigs. So people will lead you to the right people. You know, and... So there's going to be times on your journey when you just want to forget it, throw in the towel. And I certainly did uh, in the in the passing of Ray Rochelle. And, you know, they never figured out who did it. They never arrested anybody. It's never been solved. Nobody knows. But, you know, we only had six months together, but man, it was good. It was good for me. And I, and I know that it was good for him, you know, from what his daughter had told me. So as you're building this business, guys, as you're building it, the path, the people that you're going to come in contact with, uh, is really what it's all about. When it's all said and done, all that really matters is what kind of impact did we have on people when we were here? I mean, I just believe that. And, you know, you'll make mistakes. I'll make mistakes. Uh, you know, I went to Nashville to meet this guy because I like talking to him on the phone. Uh, but really, uh, it was just so Herman would be quiet. And I know that's why he showed up. So I don't believe in badgering people. I don't. I believe you treat people respectfully and you you respect their path. And when you're recruiting, it all comes down to finding the right person at the right time in their life when their window is open. Guys, that's the secret. You know, a lot of people try to teach people how to close people. I totally 1,000% disagree with closing people into the business. Usually people that are focused there are focused on short-term recruiting bonuses and a lot of other unproductive mentalities that have been propagated throughout this profession. I don't believe in it. I believe approaching people professionally Show them the opportunity if the timing's not right. Uh, who do they know where the timing may be right? If you're going to do this business, who'd be the first person you talk to? Who'd be the second? Who else do you know that I should contact? Y'all have heard me teach that over the years. It's not going to change. It'll be the same 50 years from now because your best source of great people are other great people. 
Ray Rochelle was an awesome human being. And I had so much enjoyment just spending time with him and talking about family and life and business and people. It was an awesome, awesome experience. In this profession, in this business model, number one benefit is the personal growth that must happen, must happen if you're going to achieve your full upside potential. That's what we talked about last week in session 101, you know, taking on responsibility to sh of shattering mediocrity in your life. That's number one benefit. Number two is the friendships that you develop. And number three is the income that you create, the lifestyle that the income can provide for you. Uh, respect the people. Love the people. None of us are promised tomorrow. You know, I thought Ray and Ray Rochelle and I would be friends for the rest of our lives, but we never know. We never know. So I hope you've got some inspiration, motivation, awareness. I hope this spoke to some of you guys. I appreciate you being with me this week, and I'll talk to you next week on another session of MLMSuccess.com of the podcast. Have a great, awesome week, guys. Talk to you soon. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.